0: ho 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 and hello and a warm welcome to the minter dialogue my name is minter dial and i'm your host for this podcast a proud member of the evergreen podcast network for more information or to check out other shows on the network please visit evergreenpodcasts.com this week's interview is with jennifer buchanan Jennifer is a health entrepreneur, keynote speaker, certified and award winning music therapist, and she's also an author of several books. Her latest book is a treat Wellness Well Played The Power of a Playlist, that was published by Page Two. In this discussion, we talk about the language of music, how it can be used to heal, why music is harmonious, the power of silence, making intentional playlists and much more. You'll find all the show notes on mentordial.com. Please do consider to drop in your rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe to catch all the future episodes. Now for the show with Jennifer. Jennifer Buchanan, music therapist, speaker, health entrepreneur, and (laughs) Canuck from Calgary. Um, Great to have you on the show. I was recommended to read your book, Wellness well played, loved it, and just couldn't be more excited to have you on my show. Jennifer Yod, where's had like you how would you like to describe yourself?
1: <laughs> i I really liked that intro. i I guess I'm best known as a music therapist. I'm a certified music therapist for over thirty years now. Um With that, I have a private practice that's a pretty good size. And that's where the health entrepreneur part comes in. I'm a music lover in my own life, in in how it weaves through the world, watching how it's evolving, um, how these last two years it's really even changed and how it completely is attaching to people's values. And, uh, and, and I'm all the other things, you know, I want to be a good friend and I want to be good in my family. And, um, and that's where I see myself. I feel mostly lucky to be here. Yeah.
0: That's a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, um, one of these, one of those nights, uh, a fair long time ago,
2: mm-hmm. and I
0: was, um, having a, a wacky old trip and I, I was like, what thought have I not had before? And I came up with the idea of, of creating a religion from scratch. And I said, well, uh, religion has to answer certain questions that, in this is the way I, my, my narrative, that um, uh, we don't have an answer to. And so I came up with 19 questions. And, w- and one of them was, why is it that every time I ask somebody, do they like music, they say yes? So I was I was gonna hope you could illuminate me. How is it that pretty much everybody likes music? I mean, it's it's almost it's it's gotta be one step below breathing.
1: Mm. You know, it's interesting. They if if we look at the science on this part, we know that when we hear music, particularly music that inspires us, um, our There is no other activity in the world that lights up our brain as fully as when we listen to that music that inspires us. And as human beings, it seems the more we can light up our brain, the greater high we can get those rewards come back to us and music does that so naturally quickly started when we were young. And uh, I think that might have a lot of the reason to do it, why we listen.
0: So in in my crazy theory, I I kind of wanted to base it on some kind of science. And I I latched onto this theory of the string theory, Mm. which felt so musical um, at Mm. the end of the day, because it suggests that we're all of these little vibrating strings. And so for me, this idea of the vibration, how it, it vibes into us. And there are some people who say that the very first language we ever had was actually music uh, as human erectus or who, whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, three beats means danger or two beats means mm-hmm. food time. And, and, and this idea of vibrating. So it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely on the brain side, you get it, but mm-hmm. somehow it's really corporal as well.
1: Yeah, um, and and that that resonance that we are feeling between um, us with others continues to increase. You know, I I was having this thought uh, when I was in grade four many many years ago. We had three point six billion people on the planet. We have doubled in our lifetime. Minter, there's a lot more resonating happening. There's a lot more of these musical connections happening, and. And where um, my work as a music therapist is, as I'm sitting with one of these individuals of the 7 billion people on the planet, it is about, exactly as you just said, it is about music becoming the language. When we're so entangled, it is difficult to talk about our stress. It is difficult to uh, talk about maybe a relationship that has gone awry. But we can create music together or listen to music together and have that opportunity to begin to process it through the music and not language at all.
0: There's no doubt that you can relate to a song even if you don't understand a single word that's being said. I, I, I remember some African music being sp- Sung in in um, Zulu or
2: mm-hmm.
0: in, in um, anyway, I, I, and I I just remember the the feeling of the vibration, the rhythms, and when I go to concerts, as I was saying before, I've been to many 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 shows, concerts, and and there's something about that feeling of the drums or the big bass boom as mm-hmm. it just vibrates through your body, and and that that I think that obviously also. Is something about being in a, in a room with, a, or in a stadium with other people ha- having the same experience. But I suppose you can also do it just by listening to your headphones too. It, it still somehow vibrates into all of your body. I mean, you, you talk about sex and drugs having the same kind of feeling. Certainly sex has a more, I feel, body-like experience, but I mean, drugs, sure, as well. I mean, they're playing with all your hormones and and all of and part tingling inside of you depends on which one you take I suppose
1: yeah but but you know you bringing up the concerts versus the headphones absolutely you can get so much but there is something about live hey you know when we go to that live experience I I love how you connect to the drums and the bass have you always has that been where your ear has naturally taken you you feel
0: well I I I'm Well, the Grateful Dead are the group that I would see so often, and they have two drummers, yeah. uh, and and um, and and you and they come from a different beat, yeah. and so that kind of gave you that feeling. You had the sound of wall, the sound of music. Uh, well, the know no, the the wall of sound. That's the one mm-hmm. where you had all these huge uh, speakers giving it out, and then of course Phil Lesh on 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 bass. And, and so I was attentive to that, but I suppose at some level, I want to be attentive to all the musicians. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not someone who in a classical concert is able to detect what, how the second violinist is playing. That's, that's, that's too much for me. I, there are some people know how to do that. I'm, let's say within, you know, groups of six, seven playing. I want to be able to listen to the rhythm guitars playing mm-hmm. and the contributions of the keyboardist, even when it's just back up, uh, I, the backup singers, when what they're doing, I feel like I, I want to see and feel each one contributing to the group.
1: Totally, and you're tapping into something so important. If we're if we're wanting to take the next step to deepening our relationship with music, often we have to break apart the different elements first. Take a mm-hmm. moment with that tone and that timbre take a moment with the pacing the tempo take a moment as you focus on the harmony and and one of um my my special tricks of the trade is take a moment to have your ear pick out the silences between the notes take that moment um as you deepen your relationship you know
0: as you said those words jennifer i got a kick of serotonin it's crazy this this feeling that talking of the silence daniel mm-hmm. Leviton in the book that you, you obviously know more about it than i do but I, I remember how they studied the brain on music and how when there were pauses those kicked up because of anticipation, if you knew the song, or what's going to happen next, and the da da da, or whatever <laughs> was happening next, um, that silence.
1: And and you know, I I misled you a little bit at the beginning where I said there's no other activity we know of that that will light up more areas of the brain simultaneously than when we listen to music that inspires us. But there's actually one moment where your brain will light up more, and that's the second after the music stops.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Right? It, and we, I feel like that whole
0: brain thinking mm-hmm. is, which I think it was Daniel Pink, or I can't remember who wrote that, but the whole new mind, this, this idea mm-hmm. of 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 tapping into yeah. all of our brain and 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 whether it's one type of music or another that ability to spread out around our brain and and connect the tissues even in our own brain i think maybe that's
1: perhaps the most healing part of it yeah and and this opportunity where we can strengthen the strengths we already have so in my world where I work often with um, those are who many are in circumstances they never expected themselves to be in. So it could be post-stroke or a brain injury. Um, I also work um, with people who are end of life uh, with cancer. All those moments that are um, blindside you But music can meet you where you're at through every moment of that, too, in its wholeness, where you are no longer um, a diagnosis when you're within the music, you are fully you in that moment at that time. And and we have and it has this opportunity to help you feel strengthened. regardless of what information you you are working through at that time so that's that's one of the areas we really focus on is that there's always an opportunity to to feel our best in the moment that we have and music can help us get us there Mm.
0: yeah at at some level i've studied uh, a lot uh, about psychedelic assisted therapy Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's it's work with PTSD, mm-hmm. with uh, addiction, uh, fear of end of life. Yeah. And I, I was really, you know, deeply moved when you wrote about that experience with the, is Isra- I think it was Israeli uh, girl, who was terminally sick, and her parents had traveled, so she's twenty three or twenty four and uh and you play music for the parents to dance to in front of her talk us through that moment because that is just some kind of a serious moment
1: this uh this is a fairly recent story it was uh just um it was last year december and it was after several months of us frontline workers working lots of (laughs) frontline. It had been a really tiring year. And I can remember as we were approaching um, the holiday season that, you know, there it seemed like a natural time to take a little um, reprieve. And so I got a call from uh, unit 47, which is our palliative care unit here at our primary trauma hospital. And um, and it was a nurse that I know really well there who would often uh, come to the group sessions in the sunroom and she would be the nurse that would take her break at that time and would dance to the music that me and the patients would be making um, on the unit and you could just see her um, being refueled for the rest of the day mm. and So to say all that, because she was is impossible to say no to. So when she says, Jen, there's someone for you to see, (laughs) you just say yes to those people. And I showed up. I didn't know what I was about to embark upon. I had my guitar and um, as she and the spiritual care director were walking me to the room, I got exactly what you just said, that It was a young woman who was at university uh, going to school. She was in her, uh, had just finished her first year, found out diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer, came as a shock. Her parents couldn't come over to see her um, because of COVID. And she would be alone through this treatment and FaceTime. And the parents were working very hard to, get over to be able to come here and fly here, but you were on all these massive lists and it just, it was really tough. So they finally landed on um, December 23rd and they called because the parents had heard of music therapy, knew what a music therapist could do. And they asked if they knew anybody, they brought me in and um i got to the door i i was completely gowned up but because of covid was not allowed into the room because already the parents were there which is at the maximum capacity as well as the young girl and of the young girl i could only see the bottom of her feet under the blanket and um the at in that moment um You know, you just don't know if your 30 years of training has given you enough to know what to do. You really don't. Like, okay, so here, I've got what I need. What am I going to do? And in this case, I didn't have to figure it out because mom knew exactly what she wanted. And uh, she just, with bright, beautiful eyes underneath her mask and all her gown, She said, um, thank you so much for coming. We would like you to play live music um, so my husband and I can dance to it. We want the last thing our daughter to see is her parents happy and dancing. And we want the last thing that she hears to be music, live music so um, in this case and looking at the age of the parents and the room and the feeling of the season um it was uh i sang love me tender by um uh Elvis. elvis and uh um but going at the tempo that the parents were moving and um and we just kept going from there And they were able to give their daughter um, that experience and were able to say goodbye to her later that evening. So, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I said Israeli, Indian, other eye. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a story. Yeah, so in your work, you know, music therapist, uh, when I first came across it, I kind of just thought about it as having fun. Um, (laughs) But clearly, you you deal with many pathologies, actually, Mm -hmm. talk talk Mm -hmm. us through, let's say what are the the typical pathologies you're working with and and which ones Mm -hmm. do you strive? Where do you think there's most opportunity for music therapy?
1: Yeah, so I'm fortunate to have a team of 18 music therapists now in my company and the youngest client we see is probably around you know infants we we see from infants all the way up to um 103 104. uh we work in a variety of different settings some more complex than others so we will work within the school system um we work with kids uh many of whom have a diagnosis of um and and but some that just may have some learning challenges that they are working through and that music's going to be able to support them in. Um, I also work in corrections, and uh, using music as a an opportunity for uh, assessment um to find out how how well people are and where they will be determined whether they're not criminally responsible or not of a crime and so music therapy is happening in that context as well um we work in a lot of long-term care and uh see many of our elders um as uh they are aging with again many diagnoses but but um Uh, At times those diagnoses are very secondary to us, Um, we can be our wellest during the music therapy sessions, so uh, although someone may be diagnosed with dementia and we recognize that and we alter our pacing and we alter um, our song selection and all those things that are going to be happening, we will see people incredibly lucid who and have great conversations with them because the music has created that opening for that to happen. Um, we work with family units, we work in the foster system, uh, and then of course, medical. You know, the palliative care, the neural rehabilitation, um, mental health units. Uh currently we're on a burns unit that's brand new to us as of this summer. We've started on the burn unit here in uh in our city. So uh it, oh, and we've been at in ICU, in person um for much of COVID. Um what what an opportunity that has been. So You know, they they say, uh, find your niche, Jen. Um, And it is, you know, music therapy is our niche. Uh, Connecting and um, finding ways that music can help people to achieve the goals that they have is what our niche is. Uh, The population, the demographic, we are open. I mean,
0: listening to you as i'm trying to imagine the difference between being johnny cash (laughs) playing to inmates uh Mm -hmm. to dealing with kids with maybe some Mm -hmm. kind of neuro situation autism or whatever dementia um palliative care i feel like there are there have to be specialisms within this, because mm-hmm. not everybody's capable of dealing with a kid who's a little bit hard to manage. Not everybody's yeah. able to deal with death. So clearly mm-hmm. dementia, yeah. all the patience that you need for that, or, you know, the intimidation of, of working in a prison. I mean, so do your 18 people kind of have <laughs> specialisms?
1: Yes. So, you know the the education system varies around the globe. Uh a lot of it starts very general. You know very much like becoming a family practitioner. You be you GP. learn you totally you become a GP for a while. Um, and then you do find your specialty along the way. And yes, as people move into their three, four, five years practicing, you start being able to develop those specialties and interests. Uh, sometimes they're population specific or age specific, but sometimes um, they may be a, a certain styles. So you may be more interested in the physical rehabilitation um, stream, and you will uh, follow further down that that road. Sometimes it may be general mental health um, and and wellness, um, but it could also be very specifically around mental illness, very diagnosed, working with people with schizophrenia and and chronic depression. You know, so so definitely you can find your niche. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, <laughs> Hmm. only um
0: maybe you're good at all of them
1: i don't i don't know if i'm good at all of them i definitely like to i i i really like working in complex um complex scenarios for sure yeah
0: hello this is gary Shahot, welcoming you to check out the french history podcast our main show covers the history of france from the first humans until present Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. So, um, speaking of complex things, one of the Mm -hmm. challenges that parents can have is dealing with teenagers, Mm -hmm. adolescence. (laughs) Um, You know, and I'm not talking about your husband (laughs) or my wife, (laughs) how how she (laughs) sometimes talks about me. the, the ability to, well, as a teenager, you forge your identity around music. It's one of the, the yeah. methods that we have. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, often it's mm-hmm. about rejecting
2: mm-hmm.
0: the parents mode and, and donning certain styles of clothing and, and habits and, and sound that are, are designed almost to yeah. be different, if not irritating to the parent. <laughs> right. So, I'm wondering to what extent you can, you help people work through that is that is can, because I mean, I have to imagine, we can reconnect through music. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, as a parent, you kind of need to say, well, all right, that's not my type of music, but I'm going to deal. I've not been very good at that. Personally, I'm wondering how, how can, how can one do better at that? connect in despite let's say a musical taste
1: so so Minter, as as i hear all the things you say i know that you have had a high level of awareness of how music has affected you your whole life not everybody is there some are but not everyone is there yet and my fate they're all my favorite in the book but the first Um, playlist I take people through is the life soundtrack. And it sounds simple. And I say this repeatedly in the book. It may be simple, but it's not easy. Not to do it with that deeper intention of connecting to your music in a new way, in a more highly elevated way, which is what I hope everyone will do after they read the book. So Life Soundtrack is a beautiful place to start. And how I recommend people do the Life Soundtrack is to get um, several pieces of paper. You can do it on your computer, but in this case, I think I'm gonna try to engage more of your brain and ask you to re-engage with your writing. And you can have different pieces of paper Um, Spread them out over periods of time in your life. So start with pre-grade school. Those earliest music memories will be on that first piece of paper. The ones that can be not always the most accessible, um, but if, if I opened up the window to say, it could have been a toy that made a certain tune or a sound, um, perhaps there was someone in your life that hummed to you. Um, if you were fortunate to have that human, and then the next piece of paper will be grade school. So this will be, you know, from that, um, once you have started going to school say, junior high time and the music. So, so that that's you release- seven
0: to 14.
1: Yeah. Or or 12, maybe. Let's do 7 to 12 there. And those are the years where some, if you've been in a school, again, where you've been fortunate, where they brought in recorders or ukuleles or maybe a few drums or you had music class, you may have some memories around that. Um, I can remember um, trying to tap dance to Pat Benatar. I don't know why that comes back, but that's grade six, somewhere in there. <laughs> so there were those moments. Um, I can remember singing um, the Lions part in The Wizard of Oz. I remember all that, you know, in Christmas concerts. And then you go into junior high. So let's start around that 12, 13, those tweens. Um, and up to high school. And just like you said, this is where a lot of people around the world begin to collect a lot of music. It is also the music we seem to retain forever. (laughs) So, um it will be with you for a long time and i'm actually going to take it up to about 21 years old (laughs) like it goes into university now this collection Mm -hmm. high collection of music and so you're going to need three pieces of paper for this one as you document and as you're documenting it don't um hesitate to write the little stories or the person you were with or the relationship gone awry story (laughs) you know that one Mm -hmm. where you where you put the song on repeat just to get over them um and yet you didn't realize you were actually anchoring them even stronger to that song than you ever were before so all that was happening and so you'll get to that place and then you've got this young adulthood from 21 22 23 up to today Um, wherever you are at. And you might need more pieces of paper for that. Uh, The science is also suggesting that we only add about five to 15% maximum new music to that anchor to us post the age of 30, 35. So most of our music that we are accumulating is happening before the age of 30 um but i want to switch those stats as well i want us to continue learning new music as long as possible i think i feel it's good for us and our brain and our well-being and just our interest in in always growing being in a growth mindset
0: and if i can it's it's also relevant to when you're a parent of teenagers yeah. Because let's say as a teenager, you now have a th- you know, so a 13-year-old to 18-year-old child, you by definition are past your 30, 35-year-old right. age. And right. so you're now having to tack on in that five to 15% their
1: music. Right. And and it's important we do. This is another way we can connect to our kids. And um, I'm, I'm crossing a finger to remind myself to come back to a thought on the high connection, connecting to our high schoolers. Um, but our life soundtrack, Minter, is the starting place. It is simple. It's not easy and it's gonna take time, but what an enjoyable way to spend it. And as you're doing it, you're going to remember those songs. Don't hesitate to go and turn them on. Turn on those songs as you remember them. Um, I keep having flashbacks of... I keep thinking I've done my life soundtrack because how could I not have? That's my job. (laughs) And I just had another huge flashback of going, oh, That artist was so important to me for those six months at that time because of ABC. And so you can add those on um, whenever you can. I'll take us up to our relationship with our high schoolers. Um, One of the questions I get a lot is, oh my God, my kids listening to this music and I'm sure it's really bad for them. (laughs) (laughs) They're taking drugs. (laughs) so bad, the whole thing. (laughs) And, um, and the question to ask our youth is, how do you feel when you're listening to that music? It's not what is the music, although you want to know that too, because you might want to add it to your soundtrack, but and you want to get to know it. But ask them first, how are they feeling? If they're not feeling more angry, more depressed if they're not feeling more of all those things that you're worried about they're fine they're great it's doing good things for them it's making the it's helping them i bet you'll hear words like oh i just really dig it i love the groove they're probably not even listening to the words because they're loving the groove do, do the kids say groove anymore <sighs> yeah is it hip is it hip a, is it groovy I, i'm
0: i'm worried about that one but i wouldn't <laughs> probably with...
1: not okay they have their whole language um and they might be uh and and so so to just to access that piece that that if they're feeling better if they're feeling more focused it's something i can do my homework too it's all good um And then you can go into the next questions of, can you tell me about the band? Where do they come from? How did they start? Um, uh, Are are there concerts around? Um, You could ask questions around, um, what genre would you call this? Uh, When I was putting the book together, I actually had to go to my kids and ask, okay, what genres am I now missing on my list? I had no idea there were so many genres.
0: Oh, and yeah. I think genres—that it's just one big old headache. I mean, <laughs> trying to figure out blue, between blues, R and B, right. hip hop, and rap, and I mean, and and just, you know, people who are listening who are knowledgeable, like duh. But for for sometimes, some songs seem to merge or evolve from one genre into another and their styles are are complex, back to that word. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that that is one old thing. So I love that. So ask your teenager, what are the Mm -hmm. feelings that they're having as they listen and then allow them to explore their knowledge around Mm -hmm. the band. And then, uh, you know, the thing of course, at some level, I've always associated values with my music. So. there's something deeply Mm -hmm. valuable about the messages. Mm -hmm. And so obviously in the language that, you know, my son, particularly, he's, he's extraordinary because he, uh, A, he remembers all the lyrics of all the songs, which I don't really have to do. And then two, he corrects me, of course, but, um, but two, he, he enjoys listening to an enormous variety of cultures. So whether it's Hungarian uh, Austrian, Korean, Japanese. Um, I mean, he, he, he's Finnish. So obviously languages that he doesn't know, but he still actually knows the words that are being said. And, and so I think, I think that's marvelous. You talk about the cultural mm-hmm. connectivity that that can go mm-hmm. through music yet. Um, two things. One, I feel that today people n- I'm nostalgic, but I feel like today, many people are yearning for the music mm-hmm. that I happen to be brought up on, which is, it turns out, 70s and 80s. And, and you know, so I'm feeling like, well, it's, it's, of course, it's my music, but I mean, that's hokey pokey. But there is this feeling that there's somehow in this world, which is lacking authenticity, some in, some form of authenticity that's there that these boys bands that are sort of Instagrammable are, are not providing. And so I'm feeling like I'm an old fart talking about this as I say it to you, but I, I do know that my son is now talking to me about Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin. I would say with, uh, with great glee, the same kind of glee that I feel I had when I was his age. so I, So that's great. But I'm just wondering if that's also a missing component to today's music and musicians.
1: You know, um, so I'm not going to answer that question because I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if if the music of that is being released today is going to have the same impact on the people who are hearing it today as the music we're speaking about has on us. I feel that there's a lot more music coming out today than there was at the time. I think that um, people have a lot of variety um, and, and maybe it's not there may only be a few artists and and certain songs that do stand the test of time. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are people that wrote Shakespearean like Shakespeare did, but Shakespeare seems to have broken through somehow because of something remarkable about him. Um, so there's probably music today that we're hearing a lot on the radios that is gonna have that breakthrough and that impact. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what it is but what i'd like to know is tell me about that music from the 70s and 80s Minter, and i i I, not the not the artists themselves but i'd love to know a bit more about the feelings you have as you look back on those for you
0: well I have a, uh, a memory of, I went to boarding school in England and I have this memory of a friend of mine uh, to name him, John. Um, mm-hmm. And John and I would, in his room, we all, all had our own rooms, uh, we would put on an album and we would kind of lie down and we would listen to the entire album with the little, you know, sounds that come through the vinyl and and so for me, there's that connection that's happening spiritually almost as you listen to this entire yeah. narrative.
1: Anesthesia, like it's almost tactile. You can oh, feel yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So that's what's going on in my mind,
1: Jennifer, mm.
0: as I as I recall those. And and it, it it sparks the idea of the question of Adele, who recently imposed upon Spotify non-shuffle for her album to be listened to in the order, in the manner that she wished it. And I think that is a, maybe a hat tip to the old folks, but I also think it's it's kind of a beautiful thought. What do you think?
1: Oh, I love it too. I uh, So you'll be interested to know how much I've been avoiding listening to the album yet because i was waiting for the lp to arrive it arrived yesterday afternoon and after i speak to you i'm actually going to put a record on to listen to her album as she intended it to be listened to so i'm so excited Yay! That,
0: <laughs> so i know adele was one of your top 10 i, I had to yes. I, in your book you talk about hashtag jen's 10 I yeah. had to I had to seek it out, but I found it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. And it it makes me think of another thing that I've seen happening, which I find awfully interesting, is people who dissect, decode, deconstruct songs that they do live
2: mm-hmm.
0: for the first time that they hear a song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I was even thinking, Jen, I was going to do that to you, but uh, just for fun. But the the ability for people to relate into and describe what's happening in that music, I've watched so many of those because, I, first of all, I find that extremely talented to be able to just on the fly find see what's happening understand the nuances, dissecting the different tracks and things. I think that's beautiful. And then, and then they, that sort of, Oh my God. Feeling. (laughs) It gets, it gets my serotonin flying, you know, (laughs) harmonious music.
1: Harmonious music.
0: I love that term, Jack, in your book.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's terrific. I, um, You know, as we're talking about the albums, I I do feel um, that is a little bit of what's been lost since the 70s and 80s and early 90s, uh, because we have turned into Shuffle. Like, ever since Shuffle (laughs) has been able to happen and... um, but to listen to entire albums. So when I did Jen's 10, it was actually challenging to think about, okay, what full albums really had a a deep impact on my life where it was always I would listen to the entire album. And uh, that is something I feel people might not uh, connect to as much right now. Um, maybe if I could do a call to action that, that if there is a new release happening from one of your favorite artists, um, yeah, listen to it the way that it was intended. I love how Adele's going to start that as a trend now and, and take a moment through the whole thing and, you know, not just listen to the top two that are on the radio or top one yeah. radio.
0: It brings up another point, Jen, that I ha- had come across. And I was listening to that when I was listening to Brett Weinstein and his wife talking mm. great podcast that they do. And they were talking about a lack of community.
2: Mm. And,
0: and in the meta story, mm-hmm. that is clear, the division and so many other things.
2: Well,
0: mm-hmm. what they were doing was pointing out how in the old days we Use, we would go to work, and we may or may not have had anything in common with our co-workers, mm-hmm. but at least we had seen the the show last night, The Brady Bunch. Did you see The Brady Bunch last night or whatever it is? I'm trying to think of something that's sort of of the era. and Or uh, did you hear the tune that was played on the radio, every radio station at that same time as it was launched? It was, you know, the B or the A and whatever it was, it was everywhere, and everybody had a commune around that song or that television hit. So on the one hand, we have the album story. On the other hand, today, we have the so much splintering of music. Maybe there is a lot more mm-hmm. variety, but the fact is that it's harder to connect with the sort of individualized, mm-hmm. and we're doing it in our earphones, mm-hmm. and we're listening to my music, whereas mm-hmm. you know yours well how do you how do i know what you're listening to jen yeah. you know it there's no communality in our no. community
1: mm-hmm. yeah and there's something positive to be able to say this level of personalization that we can do for ourselves and our own interests and tastes but you're right if if we're as a society we always want to be we're striving towards that, those opportunities for collaboration, those opportunities to have a collective um, experience. Uh, why people love going to live concerts so much, um, and you know, I I hope I address that in the book as well. When um, a simple request around creating opportunities for music hubs. You could do this either at work or you could do this amongst uh, your your friends or neighbors. And just like we have a book club where we um, do that deep dive into a book we have all just read together. Well, now we can come together and perhaps choose you know an album okay let's do this album let's take this new album that's being released everyone listen to it let's come together let's listen to it again let's go into that deep dive or it could be that you know bring the quizzes quiz quiz essential is that the right word how do you say that word <laughs> quintessential quintessential um that when you're bringing that that one piece of music from your your high school era that speaks exactly who you were or who you aspired to be and so you bring that one piece and you share it as a group and you know music hubs would be a great opportunity for us i guess this is also a place where the streaming services help us where we can do public uh, playlists that we can share with our friends and neighbors of some of the the items the, the the works that we love so much the artists we love so much so we can do that yeah
0: well uh jen has been a wonderful <laughs> chat i i do have i i really um i wanted to talk to you about mixtapes and djs <laughs> um the cathartic element of listening to sad songs there's really so much in there, and your book is a delight to read. Wellness, well played, well written. Um, Jen, how can people connect with you, uh, find out more about what you're up to, and of course, get your book?
1: The best place to go is my website, which is my name. So, JenniferBuchanan.ca. You can find the books, you can find videos, you can find blogs. Um, it's also a way to connect to me through social media. Um, I love connecting to new people, and I look forward to connecting to your audience, mentor. And thank you so much for having me.
0: It's been a tremendous pleasure, Jen. Thanks for having listened to this episode of the Minter Dialogue podcast. If you like the show or would like to support me, please consider a donation on patreon.com forward slash Dial You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast service. And as ever, rating and reviews are the real currency for podcasts. You'll find the show notes with over 2,000 and more blog posts on Minterdial.com. Check out my documentary film and four books, including my last one, You Lead How Being Yourself Makes You a Better Leader. And to finish, here's a song I wrote with Stephanie Singer, A Convinced Man. <laughs>